Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. My guest today is Mickey Williams of Mickey Williams Unlimited. She's out of Chicago, Illinois, and I'm so excited to have her back on the show. She was on last year, and it's always great to have a return guest. Mickey Williams, CSP, CPAE Hall of Fame speaker and TEDx speaker, who was chosen as one of the best speakers in the country by Meetings and Convention Magazine, along with Tony Robbins, Bill Gates, Rudy Giuliani, Lou Holtz, Zig Ziglar, and Jay Leno. Wow. She is the creator of Speaker School, the original keynote camp, spelled with a K, and the Mickey Mouse Club. Can't wait to hear again about that. An award-winning speaker for Vistage International, the world's leading executive organization and master chair of two of their peer advisory boards in Chicago. She is a global celebrity speaker and sought-after executive speech coach. Mickey has spoken in every U.S. state, every Canadian province, and every continent except Antarctica, where she says she can't wear her stilettos, and that makes me laugh. I love that, Mickey. It's so exciting to have you back on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Janice. It's great to be back. Feels like home. Ah, well, I know we had some technical difficulties last time, so I'm so glad that that you're here today. We'd like to get the show started with um, our guests telling just a little bit about themselves. How'd you get started? There's so much to talk about here. Yeah, you'd have to say how I got started and what. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Let's say, Dan, I've been in this career the longest. We could just start with that because I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, Sold my last business in 1987, and uh, it was the first time in my life and career I didn't know what I was going to do next. I always had one foot in one business and uh, always started the next one, and this was a time in my life where I had no clue. And through a very amount of steps of trial and error, I got led to professional speaking, and that's when I started. Um, and I don't know if you want the whole year, but that's, it was kind of, I said at first I, I made a list and I went back to college and I tried different things. And after about three different things, they all kept leading me there. And that's how I got there. And the rest, as they say, cliche is history. Well, that's, that's a great start. And it's wonderful to hear when our guests are sort of led into something, I call it like serendipitous, and it just happened for you. And what a place for you to be. I I love one of your quotes that resonates with me, and I found it today in my notes and about you. It says, be outrageous. It's the only place that isn't crowded. I love that. (laughs) Thanks. Well, it's, you know, I've been that way my whole life, and it became a brand. I always like to say, Janice, I'm an accidental brand uh, because I was a brand before they even had the term for it, and I did that by just paying attention, and I paid attention to what everybody said about me or how they remembered me, and it's, it's always been, you know, an adjective that described me, and I've always been like this. So I kind of went with it and exploited it, and, it, you know, I think if you asked anybody in the speaking industry, anyone, if you said that one word, outrageous, I'm pretty sure everybody would say Mickey Williams. 
and, <laughs> and that makes you authentic. That's, I mean, you are just who you are, and you've been successful being that way, don't you think? Yes, much to everybody's surprise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I have. It is authentic. And what's really, you know, one of the things I talk about in speaker school or when coaching people is that authenticity is really the number one for success, especially in the speaking business. Audiences are very sophisticated. They know when all of a sudden you step on stage and you're a whole different person. And I'm the same person off as I am. So authenticity is easy to see and easy to not see. Well, I, I love that, and I'd welcome our guests to, to look you up. Um, all you have to do is type in Mickey Williams, M-I-K-K-I Williams, and you'll see what she's talking about and what I've seen as um, just this dynamic, dynamic individual. So, um, well, why don't you let me know um, and our guests know, tell me about your professional speaking career, um, like exactly how you, how you started that, um, what was your first experience maybe? Let's start with that. Yeah, well, it, it, when I went into speaking, I, I realized I would never, I had never really traveled. I had so many businesses prior to that that I was always tied to the facility or my family, and I was at a point in my life where I decided I wanted to see the world, and, and I thought, well, this sounds like a great career where I could leverage my business expertise, my life experience, and my uh, teaching experience, because I was a teacher when I got out of college, and I thought if you take those three things and put them together, you get poof, you get a professional speaker. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur like I am, you don't think twice about – you're kind of fearless. You're a risk taker. And so whatever principles I use to start or succeed or fail in any other businesses, I use the same things over and over again. And, and my goal was to see the world. So my first three years was all international speaking. But I think the real differentiator for your listeners, Janice, or for anyone that I tell who hires me as a coach or listens to me speak – I have never been, um, you know, I was a professional dancer. I started a dance studio, and I had a catering business. I had a retail mm -hmm. store. I had all kinds of businesses. But I was never a dancer running a studio. I was a business person who ran a dance studio. I was I was a, a cater a business person who ran a catering business. So I'm I'm not I'm a business person running a speaking business or a coaching business. And I think that's where a lot of people are challenged in their businesses. They lead with the product or service, and the business is secondary. I've always known that that's primary because without those business skills, no matter what your product or service, you'll never succeed unless you understand it's a business. And especially in careers that I've had, like in speaking or in dance or anything creative, creatives typically, in my experience, don't like to think of the business part. And mm -hmm. my answer to that is you only have three choices that I know of, and it's learn it, hire it, or delegate it. And other than that, you've got to make one of those choices. And I think that's the biggest challenge for people, and I think that's one of my strengths. Well, you've also um, expounded on your strengths because those are things you've enjoyed. So I think once we find things that we enjoy, the business part, hopefully we have that in place, the business part, it just sort of all comes together. Yeah, well, I've always been, you know, and I think everybody should be if they can be, but I've I've never done anything I don't like. And if I start something I don't like, I don't do it. I've never done anything for the money or the prestige or anything. It's always been, and I think that's true with most entrepreneurs. You, you find something you love, and the next thing you know, you're in business. And then you make a business out of it so you can continue doing what you love. And I think a, a lot of us, um, and for our listeners, they get kind of stuck and pigeonholed into careers maybe that they just thought that this is where they need to be, and they don't love it. 
And yeah, it's, it's, and you know, most people are risk averse. But, um, and again, my experience, a lot of people don't like change, and I kind of thrive on change. And that's why a lot of people basically stay in careers perhaps they don't like or don't follow their dream because they think of, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen. And, you know, I just don't go there. So I'm always trying something new. Well, it, it sounds like it. And you, um, looking at my notes, you had some experiences when you were quite young. I know you have one son who um, is terrific. You've put, and, and you were a widow at, at 29. Yeah, and that's certainly what you'd call a defining moment. And mm-hmm. so uh, I guess I don't have a lot of tolerance for the head trash that a lot of people have about what they can and cannot do because I was left with no money and a small child and no job. And, you know, it's, uh, and then that's when you find out the power of choice. And, you know, I used to say I had no choice. I had to make a living and a life for my son. And as I got older and I realized that I absolutely did have a choice. I I could have gone on welfare and had a lifelong pity party and turned to an addiction or, so I think that was a defining moment, not only because of what happened to me, but because of that big lesson that has served me well for the rest of my life and my business, that everything is a choice, and we have to take our own responsibility for those choices, good, bad, or otherwise. Right, and it's about choices, and uh, that's what I'm trying to kind of deal with, with with my children. We do have choices, and you you need to be methodical about it and very intentional about your choices. And, and I like that you said use the term risk adverse. And I think that's how I was brought up. Just, do, you know, don't take risks and um, about change. And so all three of those things, risk risking and, and making a change and choices, yeah, and, you know, as I look back over the businesses and even life, some of the mistakes or failures or things that I tried that didn't work were some of the best teachers. So mm-hmm. I, I never look at something that didn't work as a failure. I just look at it as an experience that I've learned from. Well, I think we're kind of failure adverse, too. So can you, um, off the top of your head, Think about one of your, you know, biggest failures that really wasn't, and it was kind of like a, another open door that that helped you. Oh, absolutely! When I had my dance studio, which eventually became a health club and became uh, well known nationwide, it grew rapidly, and I was sending, you know, all the people to buy all their dancewear and athletic wear to various local merchants. I thought, well, it's a natural extension for me to open a store where I could sell all this. Um, again, not thinking so much of the revenue stream. Of course, I'm sure that was in there because I'm a business person. But, you know, thinking it's a, an added value thing for all my people. And I absolutely hated it. I am, and God bless the people who are in retail. Uh, and I, I apologize in advance by saying, for me, it was not a creative field. And it seems every business I've had has some strong aspect of creativity and I found with retail I was you know ordering inventory for this season and worry about getting last season and again as I say you know retailers could disagree but for me uh, I I closed it It was the only business I closed I just said no I'm not enjoying this I'm I'm not successful at it and so that was a, a good learning thing to not do something for the wrong reasons right well that's that's a very good example um and I've read, too, that you're a gourmet cook as well as the professional dancer that you've mentioned. 
Yeah, I am, and I've, I've, oh, you know, it's kind of I'm in the zone when I'm when I'm cooking. It was interesting. I was reading Ariana Huffington's book Thrive, which I loved, and I've always been one of these people who've got a challenge with meditation. You know, the the type A or ADD personality where your mind's always working and stuff. And I always try meditation. I always feel like I don't get it, and I'm always buying the latest books on it and everything. And I was reading Ariana's book, and she said in there that. Meditation doesn't have to be this classic thing where you sit and do um and you hold your hands and you sit cross-legged and you burn incense or anything. She said meditation is really anything that gets you in the flow or in the zone or anything. And I realized for me, Janice, that is cooking. When I am cooking, I am in the zone. There is nothing else going through my head, and it's just the most meditative experience. So I kind of stopped beating myself up trying to find that answer. Uh, because, And I love to entertain, so I've always been famous for my parties. I love parties. And um, in my early years, when I did have the catering business, well, Martha Stewart was one of my dance students. So Martha and I started our catering oh. business. Yes. And... Wow. Um, and then I I got fairly well known in my area. Martha and I did some things together as well. And I was a celebrity chef for the March of Dimes Gourmet Gala. And my recipe won. So I oh have gosh. an award. I have an award from, I love to tease people and say, I have an award from the CIA. And people go, wow. Yeah, from the Culinary Institute of America. <laughs> But it's true. It's quite. It was quite the award, and it was a very interesting what I made for the gourmet gala. So they had all the, you know, like I said, I was considered a celebrity chef, which I found funny. But um, I made a dessert that I don't know if you're old enough like me to remember an actor named Vincent Price, who was of known course. for horror movies, and Vincent Price was a gourmet chef. And there's a, a restaurant in New York that's quite famous called Star, Sardi's in the theater district where, and, and I was a dancer in New York, so I often go to Sardi's and Vincent Price and a lot of celebrities would go there. And because he was a gourmet cook, he made a dessert that became very famous at Sardi's restaurant. And it was called Bacona Dolce, which in Italian means sweet mouthful. And it's in one of his cookbooks. And I had taken it and adapted it. To like a trifle bowl, and that's what won the award. Wow, that's terrific. <laughs> was, that, was that TMI? <laughs> no, that's not TMI at all. So, with your <laughs> guests, they get dinner and a show from Mickey Williams. Absolutely. So, I still cook, <laughs> I still entertain, I still love it. It is my meditative zone. Ah, well, we we. I, I'm glad that you mentioned it that way because I've been adverse to the the typical sort of meditating um, that you would think about. And I like that you said that that y- you get that um, result from cooking and doing something. So it could be anything that it doesn't have to be sitting and, and you know, with your hands up and saying, um, and that's no. kind of the classic. I love that. And just a couple of weeks ago, and I don't even know if we're connected on Facebook or anything, but I caused a little stir when I put this on there. I was walking, you know, I, I'm an ex-dancer, and I love dance. And I've often looked for dance studios in Chicago, but none of them were close to me, and it wasn't convenient or whatever. And I'm walking down the street near my house, and about 10 minutes away, I've always passed this dance school and always assumed it was for little kids. And it was an open house, and I went in, and I literally took six dance classes from 9 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon in a row. (laughs) 
That's amazing. And I came I came home and I was so filled with joy for so long. I can't tell you I couldn't stop smiling because I just love it so much. Talk about the zone. And um, I actually signed up for three classes. And last night I took my adult hip hop class and learned how to pop and lock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what pop and lock means, but it sounds like fun. I love that. So you, this yeah. is recent that you've just started um, dancing again. What did the dance studio think of you walking in? I mean, was there other people, like were they young and older people or what? Well, what there were no classes, but I can tell oh, you okay. that in my uh, the adult hip hop, they were all 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure they enjoyed uh, working out and dancing with you. <laughs> That'd be yeah, a kick. That's okay. I loved it. I loved it. I'm also, you might be interested to know, uh, working on a one-woman show, which I hope to debut in the beginning of the year. Well, let's talk more about that. <laughs> well, parts of it are still a secret. It's something I conjured up years ago and put aside, and then some people challenged me to being accountable, and so I am in process. It's uh uh, the working title is She Came, She Wore, She Conquered, Shoes, Sex, and Other Stories. A show oh. by a woman, for women, if you're married to a woman, or if you want to be a woman. And men can come, too. Oh, my goodness. When will you complete the the whole process the, and, the and be on the road? The goal is to have it completed in November and then to have it mounted next year. Oh, that sounds terrific. Are you going to, like, take it nationally? And oh, no, that is absolutely not the goal. The goal <laughs> is to keep it in Chicago. I'm doing everything now, Janet, to stay home. I have traveled the world. I am so done. So I'm very selective on my speaking engagements. And at this point, I spend a lot of time uh, coaching people on how to speak, running my speaker schools, my keynote camps, my outrageous orators, my Mickey Mouse Club, because they all keep me grounded in Chicago. And this show is about that as well. So I am not looking to do that. Well, I'd go to Chicago to watch that. Shoes, sex, and other stories. Yeah. That sounds (laughs) fabulous. Yeah, I will be doing a big promo on it, and hopefully everybody who says they'll come says they will come and will come. We'll have a big red carpet opening. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Let yeah, me let me back up uh, up a bit because I don't recall in our last um, chat whether you told me about who was your inspiration in growing up. Oh, that's so easy. Uh, my mom. I mean, I was mm-hmm. raised by a single mom. My dad left when I was four, and mom and I were best friends, and she was a single working mother before, as I say, that became what I call a redundant term. Um, Yeah, everything about her. She worked. She supported me. She gave me a very full life of, uh, you know, a Broadway theater and trips and everything. So, yeah, she was really my greatest inspiration. And the other inspiration, if I think of another woman, was right after I became a widow. I was in the process of choreographing Fiddler on the Roof. And the director was a woman named Brenda Lewis Cooper. She was a very famous opera star of her time. And the, one of the, other than my mother, the one of the strongest women I've ever met, fiercely independent, and um, and she was a role model to me. And she was really a big inspiration at that time of my life to get up and get on with my life. So those two probably stand out more than anybody. Yeah, I think it's it's so wonderful. Mine is my mom and my dad, um, but there's always going to be somebody else that sort of pops into your life that you had no idea, and they had no idea they were going to be your mentor. 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you can only hope you can be that for other people. That's part of what I feel my legacy is. And that's why I think I'm enjoying this part of my business now where I'm helping others enjoy the the fame and fortune that I was blessed to receive. Right. Absolutely. Now, your son, Jason, what one virtue would you say if he had to say that his mother instilled in him? Oh, probably my tenacity. I never give up. I'm like a a dog on a bone who won't give it up for anything. When I want something or when I feel something is right, I will continue to go after it. Yeah, I'm very tenacious. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm sure that you instilled that in him as well. Now, um, I'm curious about the Mickey Mouse Club. We talked about that before, but maybe our guests today have not, you know, heard, heard you speak about that. Can you speak a little bit more? Yeah, and it's, you know, a little, a little more developed as it as the years go on and I put more effort into it. It has four divisions now. Oh, by the way, as an aside, I'm I'm writing two books. I'm finally finishing my memoir, but I'm writing another book that should be out in another month called Glamour and the Geek. And, oh, I love and that. I love it. I'm writing that with a, a gentleman because I do a monthly newsletter called Hair She Is. Do you get my newsletter, Janice, don't you? I don't, but I need to. Oh, I'll yes, <laughs> uh, send me the email that you want me to put it on. Anyways, it's called Hair She Is. It's a very fun newsletter, and this guy's been writing um, the social media column for years. He's fabulous. So we're just taking his columns and my tips on storytelling and speaking and some of my creative captions and putting them in a book called Glamour and the Geek. Oh, that sounds wonderful. That's well, that's I can't wait for that to come out. When when do you <laughs> when right. do you slot Back, that for coming out? Uh, yeah, I'll, again, I don't know if I have your email address. So send it to me, and I'll put you on that list. So anyway, the Mickey Mouse sure. Club has four divisions. Yes. Speak, speaker Source is my exec, I call it executive coaching, but I coach anybody. Uh, one-to-one coaching, customized to what somebody wants, whether it's speaking skills or marketing or whatever, any aspect of speaking. The second division is called Accountability Academy, and that's a year-long program where they get some homework, per se, and they get me quarterly coaching to make sure they were accountable to doing what they have to do to move whatever they want to move the needle forward on. And then a keynote camp with two Ks is a two-day intensive where I'll design someone's entire speech. And then outrageous orators, speakers who rock, an uncommon speakers bureau is just that. I place speakers for hire. And that's the concept of the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, that's that's terrific. How do people get in, in touch with you, Mickey, um, for these services? Well, you can always go to my website, which is being completely redone because it is completely out of date. So I apologize in advance for that. But you can email me directly from there or simply Mickey at MickeyWilliams.com, M-I-K-K-I at MickeyWilliams.com. I'm happy to have anybody inquire about anything. Well, you definitely are outrageous and, and stand out, and I'd welcome our listeners to get onto her webpage and learn a lot. Um, I'm I'm really impressed. You've I remember from last year, and I just couldn't wait to have you on again. Um, is there anything else we missed as far as what else you're doing? You have yeah, I Vistage. I work with Vistage right. International. It's the world's largest executive organization. There's twenty thousand of them around the world. I've been one of their speakers for over twenty-one years. But I also chair two of these executive peer advisory boards here in Chicago. 
So anybody who's in business and wants to grow their business should certainly look into Vistage for membership. Uh, and certainly people who speak or want to speak uh, would look into it for speaking. And then the third opportunity is what I do, which I probably love more than anything, is chairing these executive groups. I absolutely love it. So if any of your listeners are interested in becoming a member speaking or chairing their own groups, so they're all over the world, they're in every city mm-hmm. practically, please contact me and I'd be happy to uh, connect you to any of those opportunities as well. Yeah, Vistage is a very prestigious group and and a professional, so that's that's wonderful. Can you maybe we have a couple more minutes? Can you maybe talk about and tell us maybe one of your most interesting stories on um, uh, the Vistage touring and and maybe one of your speeches that is most memorable? Oh, goodness. Well, let's go with the most memorable speech. I was the first American speaker to speak after apartheid in South Africa and culminated a speaking tour by speaking at President Mandela's home. And when I spoke at his home, it was his summer home. He had just been released from uh, prison. And actually, he was not there. He was in the States at the White House, believe it or not. But I did get to tour his home. And because it was such a big deal, because I was the first American speaker and it was after apartheid, they had set up a beautiful white tent on the great lawn of his home. And it had organdy draped on the inside. And they debuted the new South African flag. And they had a choir singing the new South African anthem. And they invited all the citizens of Durban, which is where his summer home is, to uh, come to a beautiful luncheon to hear me speak. And it was just quite an honor and quite a momentous part of my life. Wow, what what an honor, especially to be there when he was released released from prison. Yeah. We all remember yeah. that, too. Yeah. What a memory. Yeah, my international trips probably have the most uh, startling memories and treasured ones. I mean, I have so many along the way, but I do remember so many of my international ones. Well, I cannot end this um, without saying, because I've read this too, and I meant to say this at the very beginning, that Uh Nikki has so much energy, she makes coffee nervous. (laughs) <laughs> I I do, and I don't know where it all comes from at this stage of my life, but I'm going to ride out this pony as long as I can. <laughs> well, you've you've been such a, a inspirational speaker today for us on Tell Janice, and I really really appreciate you being back on. Um, I hope that you'll be on again, and best of luck to you. Thanks for being on the show, Mickey. Janice, thanks so much. Look forward to staying connected. Bye bye. Absolutely. Bye bye. Thank you. Ladies, I am so happy that you tuned in today and learned from our amazing, fantastic female guests, and I hope you recognize this as an opportunity to pass their knowledge on to your daughters and friends and share the wisdom of the ages. I'll talk to you again soon, and in the meantime, let's lift each other up. Spread.